0: Again, with it being the first Sunday of the new year, we're breaking into our normal series. So, God willing, we will return to Jonah uh, next Sunday evening. Uh, But the Lord has laid on my heart tonight a phrase that is found in 1 Peter chapter 3 and the end of verse 7. The end of the seventh verse of 1 Peter chapter 3. That your prayers may not be hindered. That your prayers may not be hindered. Now, the context here is marriage and especially husbands loving their wives. And Peter is saying it is so possible for a Christian husband to mistreat his wife that when he prays then, or when he prays with his wife, that their prayers are blocked. That's what the word hindered means. But I want to broaden it this evening and just look at how our prayers in general now can be hindered, can be stopped, or can be blocked. Uh, The word in the Greek uh, has this meaning of blockage. Uh I don't know if you ever did this when you were young uh but I grew up in the countryside and I used to go with friends to uh what we called the brook uh, mountain brook uh near Chapstow and uh we used to love building dams I don't know if you'd be allowed to do this uh today and we'd pick uh different sized stones and we would build a dam across this brook and that would be a blockage uh stopping the flow of water. And eventually, of course, it would uh, cause a flood. (laughs) But if you think of prayer as the channel from which God's blessings, think of God's reservoir of grace, a never-ending supply, and the channel by which that comes to us is prayer. And what Peter is saying, and this is very serious, it is possible for our prayers for that channel to be blocked by various things so that the blessing of god doesn't come to us or if it does come it only comes in trickles now i believe 100% in the sovereignty of god do you but i believe with 100% in human responsibility as well and i can't explain that But I know this, in the words of Matthew Henry, when God is about to bless his people, when God is about to release that reservoir of grace, the water from it, what does he do? He sets them a praying. And I'm so glad to belong to a praying church. We've got much to be grateful for in this church. We're a praying people. But that doesn't mean to say that we can't pray better uh, not just as a church but in our own personal lives as well and as we begin this year with a week of prayer and as I'm sure we want this year to be a year when we are making uh, more progress in our prayer lives then let's look at what these blockages can be uh, to stop uh, our prayers uh, from reaching heaven or to stop God's blessing from coming down. Now, I'm not going to tell you how many points I've got tonight or it'll put you off. <laughs> I've got quite a long list. So what I'll try and do is just go through these lists. Now, to make it easier, I'm going to divide the list into two. And the first thing I want to ask is what hinders us from praying. So we sang just now what various hindrances we meet, what various blockages, obstacles we meet in coming to the mercy seat. The mercy seat is the place of prayer. So, what are the hindrances that tend to stop us from praying? I've just got a few things to go through. I'll try and go through them as quickly as possible. The the first is lukewarmness. You know, this Laodicean spirits where we're neither hot nor cold. Now that is one of the greatest obstacles to true prayer. There's a children's hymn, which I find very challenging to sing uh, for a children's hymn. And it goes like this. I often say my prayers, but do I ever pray? You see, there's a great danger for us Who do things decently and in order to put so much emphasis on the formal on the outward that we forget the hearts the spirits of prayer and let me give you a quick example um in bible college i used to stand up in public prayer so that everybody could hear me that's why i was doing it there was no theological reason but some really sound people were impressed at me standing up because they thought I was obeying some Old Testament injunction, which I can't even remember where it is now, for doing prayer in the right way. That's, can I say, that's a nonsense. It doesn't matter whether you stand or whether you kneel or whether you sit. It's the posture of the heart that God is interested in. And when we're lukewarm... We make too much of the outward. It doesn't matter whether you address God as thee, thou. That's what I prefer. Or whether you address him as you. It's the reverence of the heart that matters. Luke warmness doesn't emphasize the heart. Um, how many of you have had this horrible bug that's been going around? Um, it affected my voice. That shows uh, that you're not healthy when your lungs are not working properly and when you can't speak properly. If you're a preacher, it's uh, extremely annoying because you're dependent on your voice uh, (laughs) for declaring the word of God. There's a hymn which says about prayer, prayer is the Christian's vital breath. What's lukewarmness and formality do is give us a bug as it were so that our spiritual lungs are working properly and we're not uh crying to god in prayer so so this is the first uh hindrance uh, that stops us from prayer may we never be a lukewarm church there's a place for us to stir ourselves up uh in prayer uh that's why we sing the hymns i think uh, don't you find some of these hymns, if we're singing them aright, they get our spiritual juices going? Uh, so that's one of the first hindrances. And then the second hindrance. Uh, there was a book when I was a student which had the title "Too Busy Not to Pray." Isn't that good? Busyness can really be an obstacle to prayer. I'm going to give you a scary uh, fact. There are many, not just evangelical churches, but reformed evangelical churches, sound evangelical churches that believe in the sovereignty of God that no longer have a midweek prayer meeting. They have everything else, especially in terms of outreach, but the one meeting they're no longer having is the midweek prayer meeting, isn't, isn't that scary? They're too busy. There's a famous quote isn't there by Martin Luther was it Martin Luther or Wesley I can't remember uh, he said I've got a busy day today I've got a busier than normal day I'm going to spend some more time in prayer I think for Luther it meant several hours in prayer <laughs> none of us have got to that but his heart is right surely what is prayer well, well do you think of prayer as part of the work Because it isn't. Do you know what prayer is? When the apostles had to appoint deacons to look after the material needs of the church, do you know what they said? We will give ourselves. The word in the Greek is addict ourselves to prayer and the ministry of the word. Even before preaching, praying comes first. Prayer isn't part of the work. Prayer is the work. Without prayer... We're not doing God's work. What are we doing in prayer? We are saying to God, God, I can't do it. We can't move forward one inch unless you strengthen us. That's what prayer is. Again, you see, we're not interested here in the forms of prayer. It's this attitude, this utter dependence on God. Uh, There's... um a quote I came across when I first went to the camp in Baddechen in Moldova. Brother Vanya was starting his Bible study, and what he said was this: It always stayed with me. He put it like this: He said, "If you're about to do something big for the Lord, don't do it unless you're led of Him." Now. Are our works as a church? I trust they are being done because we've been led by the spirits to that work. Hudson Taylor said, do God's work in God's way for God's glory. So let us beware of activism. Uh, when I started in the ministry in North Wales, I was running around like a headless chicken, <laughs> trying to please everything and everybody. That's not what we should be doing. We should be doing what God has called us to do, whether it's preaching, whether it's something else, and do it relying on him. Uh, I don't know how many of you cycle here, uh, but the gears on the bike. Uh, if you uh, uh, want to go fast, uh, you use gears that have very low power. If If you have high powered gears to go up steep hills you can't go that fast and you know what that's what i'm finding out more and more in the christian life that's i'm going too fast and i'm lacking in power and i'd rather in the words of william carey plod but no god's power as i'm plodding Our forefathers, they didn't have all the meetings we have. But didn't they have power upon what they did do? Power upon the preaching of the word. If we had greater power upon the preaching, would we need some other activities? If we had power in the prayer meeting in a greater measure, would we need to be doing other things? I'm just trying to get us to think biblically here. Uh, Do do you know what the most important word is you're going to have to learn as a Christian? And certainly if you're going into the Christian ministry, do you know what the most important word is? No. Well, that's a bit blunt, I know. (laughs) Sorry. No, thank you. Because there are so many things one could be doing but we lose focus. power through prayer E. M. Baum's book. It's not better methods that we need, but better men and women. God doesn't anoint plans. He doesn't anoint organizations. He anoints men and women. So lukewarmness is a hindrance, being too busy is a hindrance Let us not suffer from the disease of meeting itis this year. <laughs> I've been asked by the elders to exhort every one of us to attend the meetings in the week of prayer, and that's a good thing to do. But I think Steve put it well, "Even if you can't make all the meetings, try and make some. That, that's what I'll be doing. I'm not well enough to make all the meetings. <laughs> but even if we can't make the meetings, we can still be a praying. That's the glory of prayer. Uh, if the heart is seeking God, then it will find a way. I remember Gwen Williams sharing with us about an elderly lady he had in sandfields. I think that was his first congregation. And he would be visiting her and she would be bed bound and she would be saying to him, Mr Williams, I'm no longer able to be active in the different works of the church that I was once involved in. But I promise you one thing, I'll be doing the most important work in this church every Sunday morning and evening as you go up those pulpit steps, I'll be praying for you. Isn't that wonderful? Wonderful. You don't have to be in all the meetings, even. There are prayer warriors in this church who can't make the meetings now, but they're just as active. I've got to hurry through this list, otherwise we will be here all night. Another hindrance, and this sounds contradictory, but it's not. Being undisciplined, being undisciplined. You know, sometimes we don't make the prayer meeting, because we're too undisciplined and there is a place this is not legalism but there is a place uh, to prioritize and to make a meeting now we all have to work that out differently don't we Uh, this is where i can't uh, be commanding i'm commanding you to pray i'm commanding you to pray without ceasing but we've all got to know ourselves we've all got to know when are the best times uh, and can i give another hindrance and maybe this is uh, behind all of these hindrances the devil what did we sing satan trembles when he sees the weakest saint upon his knees if prayer is the channel f- 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 uh, through which god's blessings come to us <sighs> It makes sense that the enemy wants to stop god's people from praying more than anything else and don't you find that when you're about to pray a weariness comes over do you find that (laughs) i don't have that problem if i'm suddenly going to pick up the newspaper or if i'm suddenly going to watch my favorite box set on netflix but if i say to myself i'm going to pray I find sometimes in the words of one Puritan, I'd rather die than pray. Do you know what that can be? That can be the devil. And what you've got to do then is say, I'm going to pray. I'm I'm going to pray. It's not the length of my prayer that matters. It's not the words that I'm using. It's not even the amount of time. I'm going to pray until I pray. And on this hindrance, if God... God lays somebody or something on your heart in prayer. You've got to pray that. We can't ignore the promptings of the Holy Spirit. So those are some of the hindrances that stop us from praying. And then I want to move on. These are the second things I've got uh, as part of this list. What are the hindrances that block our prayers when we do pray then? What hinders our prayers from reaching heaven as they should? Let me just go through a few things and then we'll proceed to the Lord's table. The first is this I don't know what to call this. I've got unbelief down in my notes, but I'm not sure if that's the best term for it. Lack of expectancy. Lack of expectancy. You see, there's nothing wrong with being honest with God in prayer. Uh, What was that prayer we came across in the Gospel of Mark? Lord, I believe. Help thou mine unbelief. Maybe unbelief is the wrong word there, because a true believer won't be guilty of unbelief. It'll be doubts. So the poor man in Mark was saying to Jesus, Lord, I do believe, but my uh, faith is mixed with doubt. It's not a perfect faith. And whose faith is perfect? None of us will have perfect faith. So there's nothing wrong in being honest with the Lord and saying, Lord, I do believe in your power. I do believe in your willingness to hear me. But Lord, I'm being honest as well. I've got doubts. Help me. If you look at the Psalms, how many of the Psalms have the Psalmist complaining to the Lord that he lacks that faith? So there's nothing wrong in being honest. I, I think we can be more honest sometimes. Are you afraid of being honest because we're a respectable, Reformed Evangelical Church? My friends, we're family. We're brothers and sisters. You can be honest in a family. But lack of expectancy is a bit different, isn't it? Um, Spurgeon, I'll, I'll try and get in touch with Howell George tonight because he's doing his... Preaching placements at Primbrinmaur, and I'll ask him how it's gone. Um, Spurgeon once asked one of his young men, "How did your preaching go today?" And do you know what this young man said? "I don't think anybody was saved. I don't think anybody was converted." And you know what Spurgeon said to him? "What do you expect? A great number to be converted under your preaching?" And he said, "Well, no, of course I don't." Well, Spurgeon said, "Well, that's why." <laughs> Another quote from William Carey. Uh, In Carey's church in Calcutta, they've got it the wrong way around. Of all places, they've got it the wrong way around. It's not attempt great things for God, expect great things of God. It's the other way. Expect great things of God. Attempt great things for God. are we going to, in 2020... Have our expectations raised let's be honest do you know john knox uh, the great scottish reformer he prayed oh god give me scotland all right i don't think i've got I- enough expectancy to pray lord give me wales all right i but can we pray lord give me so and so save so and so can you pray that have you got enough expectancy to believe that god can save Uh, your husband, your wife, your parents, your children. Can you raise the level of expectancy? Can you pray, oh, Lord, revive thy people? We haven't been praying for revival that much, have we? Oh, may, may we expect God to visit us this year? was it not when our previous pastor was laid aside by sickness that god came down isn't it encouraging when the pastor is sick i can say that who knows that might be the time when god will visit so lack of expectancy Uh, one of my favourite hymns says i've got too many hymns i know but they express prayer in so uh, graphic ways faith mighty faith the promises and looks to that alone it laughs at impossibilities and says it shall be done another thing that hinders our prayers from reaching heaven is sin Uh, what did the psalmist say psalm 66 verse 18 if i regard iniquity in my heart the lord will not hear me isn't that what Peter is saying to husbands and wives? If you are not living in harmony together, when you pray together, how can you expect God to hear your prayers? Sort yourselves out first. Now, thank God, it doesn't say we have to be perfect before we are heard. What it says is, if I regard iniquity in my heart, what does that mean? It means if I nurse hate and hurts in my heart. God will not hear me. Aren't there some Christians? They allow uh, some bitterness to grow like a cancer in their souls. Oh, they need to repent of that. Uh, What it says is this. If I'm constantly using my tongue to backbite against a brother or a sister and not doing anything about it, then we won't be heard when we use that same tongue to call God in prayer what does it mean it means this if i'm not just struggling with internet pornography but again and again falling in that area and knowing full well that i'm not taking any action to stop me from looking at those things then how can we seriously think that god will hear our prayer you see i'm not saying if we struggle with anger or if we struggle with gossip or if we struggle with internet pornography that God will not hear us. Thank God we can admit our struggles to him. But if we regard those things, if we hold on to them, that's the difference. I've been challenged reading again about the revival in the Congo. The only woman to have stood in this pulpit, Helen Rosevier. Am I right? She wrote about the revival in Congo, because she was there. Do, do you know what happened to God's people before the spirits came down, or as the spirit was coming down? They were convicted of nursing hatred and bitterness towards one another. And this is how it's described. I wonder what would happen if God was to revive us? We pray for revival, do? we do sometimes, and maybe we have this hunky dory view of revival that it would all be a wonderful time of blessing. Well, there would be blessing, but it would come at a cost all over the hall. Imagine if this was to happen in the week of prayer. A shattering conviction of sin was gripping hearts. sin was suddenly seen as desperately sinful. There were no gradations, big or small. Sin was sin and separated one from God. People were moved to tears and almost forced by the Spirit of God to confess. To confess to petty thieving, jealousies, anger, coldness of heart, spiritual pretense, putting a spiritual face on. And then as sin was brought out and laid at the foot of the cross, cleansed by the precious blood of the Saviour, an amazing joy flooded in singing started in great waves words being made up as they sang each song praising god for the blood joy 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 for the blood of jesus and then helen herself adds a personal note, which i find even more convicting i can never thank god enough for his gracious patience with me for four years i resisted the convicting work of the spirit this is a missionary speaking now Too proud to break and publicly confess to spiritual dryness and failure. She was too respectable, in other words. But he did not let me go. He did not let me go. Praise God. Praise God. So, sin. And then, uh, just a few more things. Half-heartedness is a hindrance. Oh, it's not our words that matter in prayer. It's the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man or woman that avails much before God. I'll never forget hearing um, Hubert Clement preach in the revival conference. He preached on one word, one letter. Do you know what it was? Oh. (laughs) Only Hubert could do that. Oh, that thou wouldst rend the heavens. Gareth Davis preached on it as well, didn't he? Oh. Isn't that the most powerful prayer? Oh. Prayer from the heart. You don't have to pray more than that. Thank oh, thank you, Jesus, for saving my soul. Isn't that a prayer? Um, John and Mary joining a group from this church in fellowship uh, in um, Torquay. John and Mary weren't used to praying in the English language. And I think Mary prayed, Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. That's a prayer worth praying. And then lack of focus james said he have not because he ask not isn't that obvious there was a prayer meeting in yorkshire um, spurgeon alludes to it so it must have been in the 19th century and one of the brethren this was a public prayer meeting was praying for a long long time and he was uh, going round and round and round and round in circles and Uh, he said, Lord, I don't know what more to ask you. Well, he hadn't been asking anything of God. And with it being Yorkshire, one of the elders piped up, just ask for summits. Just ask. And isn't that where we often fall short in our public prayers? The public prayer meeting is the place to come to ask. We, We should be asking, we should be focusing, we should be bringing... People before God in prayer. Those are the most blessed prayer meetings I've been in, where one person, one after the other, has had the baton passed on to them. Just the things the Spirit is laying on our hearts. We're just bringing before the Lord. Isn't that wonderful? And then, pride is another hindrance. James goes on to say, And you do ask, but you ask amiss, that you may consume it upon your lust. Maybe we've been praying for revival and wanting our own names to be blazoned instead of the name of Jesus Christ. Maybe that's why he hasn't visited us yet. Uh, You know, David Morgan was used in the 1859 revival. He went to bed as a lamb and woke up as a lion. And for three years, he was mightily used of the spirits. Thousands and thousands were converted. And then after three years, he went to bed as a lion and he woke up as a lamb. And he was plain old David Morgan, a boring preacher, as he was before. And somebody asked, why didn't he have the spirits in power for longer than three years? And the answer was given. David Morgan would have become a monster. Isn't that right? I'd be glad if God used me for three years in that way. Evan Roberts, 1904 revival, he was only used for a few years, he had a breakdown after that. But in the light of eternity, isn't it worth it? Isn't it worth it? What did the psalmist pray? Not unto us, not unto us, O Lord, but to thy name. Give glory. On that bridge in Pontry de Groce, over the river with David Morgan and another person that had attended a meeting, they said to David Morgan, Wasn't that a blessed meeting? Wasn't that a blessed meeting? And David Morgan quoted those verses standing there on the middle of the bridge. Not unto us, not unto us, O Lord, but to thine own name give glory. Oh, if only God, he said, could trust us. If only God could trust us. We steal his glory, don't we? And then one last thing, and maybe this is relevant to us as well. Lack of thanksgiving. What did Paul Say to the Philippians, in everything, um, by prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known unto God with thanks giving. With thanks giving, I like to think of Paul peppering his prayers with thanksgiving. I had a Christmas gift, and this gift was shaped as a grenade. <laughs> It wasn't a real grenade it was some chili sauce and it apparently is so hot it came in a container which is like a grenade do you know what i'm going to do with my sunday lunches i'm going to transform our british sunday roasts into something much more interesting by peppering this chili sauce on it my friends we can pepper our prayers with thanksgiving doesn't giving of thanks transform a prayer meeting doesn't it sometimes our prayer meetings can be so heavy going because we're not giving thanks we're not giving thanks we're going to give thanks in a moment but gwyn williams I'll never forget him I've said this many times it's worth repeating gwyn williams had a deacon in sandfield who always thanked god for the weather you always thank god for the weather in the prayer meeting whether it was sunny whether it was raining whether it was snowing, this man would always give thanks. He would give thanks for other things, but he would always give thanks for the weather. And one day, it was horrible. It, it was atrocious weather. And everybody was thinking, what is this fellow going to say now? And you know what he said? Lord, we thank you that it's not always like this. <laughs> oh, we, we can give thanks, can't we? We can give thanks. Thank him for all that is past and trust him. For all that's to come. Well, may those words help us in 2020 as we have a week of prayer. May they encourage us to pray as we can, pray as we can, but not just for the week of prayer, but may this year be a year of prayer. The 1904 revival was referred to as a revival of prayer. May 2020 be a revival of prayer for his name's sake.